I will <laughs> joke, but it's actually not really a joke that you you won't find a cult leader or a con artist with a poor speaking voice. They yeah. have great speaking voices. They have energy. They know how to use the voice, in this case, to manipulate people for uh, not such great uh, goals. But you can use this and, and, and not in a nefarious way and not in a dishonest way. This is a way for you to take what is important. These things that you know can help people, can help the business, and to get people to really listen to what you have to say and understand what you have to say. Hi, and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday, the 3rd of September, 2023. This is your host, Nigel Creaser. And today we've got part one of my interview with John Henney. Enjoy. So I have a number of sponsors, affiliate links um, in the way that it's set up um, that have kindly allowed me to uh, um, share their services really. The first one um, is Mike Clayton and Mike runs PM online PM courses and it is a great resource for um, getting those fundamentals of project management uh, trained, reasonably priced, uh, and Mike um, presents it in an accessible and um, uh, clear manner. Um, you can check out some of his um, uh, videos on, on his YouTube channel and kind of give you a view of where they are. But um, the, the code for that, if you go to nigelcreaser.com slash online PM courses or all one word, lowercase, that'll redirect you to it. Um, there's varying different levels that you can um, buy. You can buy individual courses, you can buy pathways as well, if you like. Um, and I get a kickback off those. Uh, Mike kindly uh, shares me that. So um, if you do jump on and use it, I hope you find it really useful. Um, I think he has money back guarantees and things like that as well. So there's a very limited risk um, on that. So. Uh, Jump on that, and that again is nigelcreaser.com slash online PM courses. And enjoy. Well, it's been a while since I did a little news exit over my summer break. I hope uh, you all had a chance to have a break and had some relaxing time with whatever you like doing, family, friends, or avoiding family, friends, whichever way around it is. Um, I had a great time. It's good to disconnect, and I hope the three shows that we had on uh, in between uh, uh, the last regular show, uh, those recasts, I know they were brilliant interviews, and I hope you all enjoyed them. Um, Peter, Ruth, and Carl. If you missed them, pop back and, and have a listen. Um, so I had a great two weeks. I went two weeks away. We have a... Uh, break in the Welsh uh, in the Welsh hills chilled out uh, weather was okay we had some days where we were on the beach with paddle boarding and, and all that all manner of things like that it was great fun um, 
as far as everything else is concerned, I basically had a lot of downtime, um, a lot of thinking about the podcast and um, uh, trying to do different things. And, and you will have heard some slight changes that I've done um, with regards to putting in place the option for people to be able to listen to it all in one go rather than a half break can't put through a, um, a Patreon kind of subscription thing on um, uh, Spotify. Uh, I'll be doing one for other stuff. If you don't want Spotify user, I'll be doing it at some point. I just got to work out how to do it on Patreon itself. Uh, and then you'll be able to go onto Patreon um, and do it that way, um, which is, is good. Um, unfortunately, the, it's one of those things with the with the, uh, the podcast. It's um, It takes time to do, which I enjoy. And interviewing people is great. Um, I am getting to the point where I'm reaching the, the limits of some of my technology. So I'm kind of work out ways that I can... Uh, uh, get the podcast to pay for itself a little bit so all these little things that help um, on that point of view and, and so that's why I've done it um, I've heard lots of other podcasts do it as well um, copying the social distance bots bar podcast um, which if you don't mind too much swearing uh, and you're interested in sport and um, well, vaguely interested in sport I'd say it's a great podcast that I've been listening to um, and really enjoy it um, what else have I been doing I've been getting in touch with me bass playing and stuff can't remember whether i mentioned on here i started playing bass again earlier in the year and had a gig earlier in the year um which is the first one for i've been working at 30 years um where uh with the, the group where we're learning a group of us that are learning and the, and the instructors and several different different types of songs doing three songs uh raising some money for charity which they raised i think over a thousand pounds for a local children's charity uh, by us which was fantastic fun um, and I got the itch. I think we've got another one at Christmas. Uh, it does mean that while we're on holiday, I've, I've been looking for a, um, uh, a, a way to be able to take my bass, bass on, because I play bass, uh, on holiday with me so I can practice. And uh, I discovered that I can create a small bass. So I've got a little project there um, that I'll be doing. So I found a little guitar, a little half-size guitar, and you put this thunder gut um, strings on it which i think is best name for a set of guitar strings ever heard but um they're thick plasticky uh nylon i think they are polyurethane something like that and uh you put it on a half-size guitar so i, I just surfing around facebook and found on the marketplace and found one locally while i was on holiday and, and popped and bought it paid a tenner it's great 10 pounds that is and um started playing around with it while we're on holiday i haven't got the kit for converting it yet and i've fallen in love with the little guitar i didn't think i'd be able to play it it's tiny but it's it's really good really portable so i've got to find another donor guitar now um which i'm sure i will find one um and then have that as a little project um as ever it's kind of me looking through on the project point of view of what i do what i do next how i do it and um uh, i'll be uh, planning it all out uh, as ever um the other thing, interesting guests, I've had a couple of really good guests. I've had a few failed episode recordings that I've, I've recovered one of them. So Rob Wansey, um, who I interviewed early, much earlier in the, in the, the year, which um, I've managed to rescue that when I was on over this period in the middle as well. I've got another one uh, to rescue, um, which I've still uh, might be a little bit harder. Seems to be some out of sync stuff going on with the voices, but that's, that's for me to play with. It's all fun. Um, again, some of the tooling and some of the the help that you guys as patrons um, will be helping me with is in order to get higher quality um, uh, services um, to support it. So I'll be able to fix these sort of things and I haven't had many to be fair, but just, just to help. 
And uh, so that's great from that point of view with that one, uh, another guy I talked to on Agile recently. Now I've got some great interviews coming up as well. Um, the, the kind of, it's funny, it's quite um, serendipitous where you get things happening. Um, I've got an interview, I can't remember if it's next week or week after, um, with a lady who's written a book uh, with her husband um, uh, with regard to uh, teaching kids project management and teaching those life skills that I banged on on here about. But at the same time, and saw post, and some of you will have seen it if you follow me on LinkedIn that shared it. Uh, Steve Wake uh, is looking at pulling together um, a kind of a, a symposium, a group of people together to kind of look at, in the UK anyway, looking at getting a, um, like for high school qualification, I suppose, best GCSEs as they are for our kids up to the age of 16, that's when they do the exams in the UK, um, getting a project management qualification created for that. And uh, I'm hoping um, uh, to get involved maybe with that. Um, which uh, and if anyone is looking to just have a look on my LinkedIn you'll find the post that I shared last week of Steve and contact Steve directly um, I think Steve's going to pop a, a little recording over to me potentially um, to give a bit more detail um, but yeah it's really I think it's really uh, project management to me is a life skill um, everyone um, can use it there are a lot of things in the training in our, our, um, our education system that are missing that I think uh, are life skills that we should have in there. Uh, finance being with the other big one that I see as a whole. Um, but finance, these project management skills are portable in every sort of thing that you do from from making a, a bowl of soup, you can apply the same tools and skills. Um, through to a, new, a, 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 a moonshot. So um, all these different things are, are there. Uh, so uh, interesting that those two are coming along at the same sort of time. So um, that'll be... Uh, 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 kind of a bit of a theme for a little while maybe um, and I think that's really everything I've got to chat about at the moment other things kind of planning for the rest of the year trying to refocus a little bit um, and uh, try and make uh, get as many of these interviews I've got a, a full roster of interviews through to the end of uh, this month so that will probably give us I need to work out the math but I think it's um I've probably got then all of the interviews needed for the rest of the year, uh, which is great with us being in early September. Uh, Family-wise, kids did fantastic um, at their uh, respective exam stages. They're both going through stages at the moment of moving schools. Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff on this weekend and, and things like that. And, um, and fantastically, in uh, a few days, I celebrate my 25th wedding anniversary married to my beautiful wife, uh, Jodie. So she didn't listen to the show, but happy anniversary, babe. I love you. And that's it, really. And get on with the uh, interview with John. Speak soon. Bye. Hi, it's Nigel again. Um, if you are listening to this, that means that you are listening to the old style of the podcast. Um, you may like the old style of having it split into two pieces, but I know some of my listeners didn't. So what I've done, I have created the option for you to be able to listen to everything all in one go. You don't have to wait till next week. You could get it now. Uh, at the moment, it's just on Spotify. We'll be coming on Patreon as well. Um, costs you, was it three quid plus the VAT, I think it is, um, over a month. And that means you get the whole thing all in one go. So uh, the other advantage, that'll be coming out on a Sunday. This one, you will notice, have just come out Monday. Wouldn't make a make big difference, really, but... There you go. You've got it. Um, you've got that choice. Helps me 
uh, invest in um, uh, better equipment and uh, maybe uh, a few other bonus items going forward. So if you can spare essentially a cup of coffee uh, once a month uh, and you get the benefit of getting it earlier and getting it all together. So um, pop along to Spotify, uh, have a look in there where it is and there's there'll be a, a little lock sign against um, one called number 132 slash 133, uh, John Henny, the voice coach. That's the combined one. And you should be able to click on there, do what Spotify tells you to do to register and put all your payments in. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, the, the only thing, if you have done that and you do do it, I don't know if I get details on it yet. It's very new. So send me um, a ping me a message through whatever medium uh, you can get hold of me and you'll get a mention on the show so again thanks very much and uh, let you carry on with the show cheers now i am delighted today to welcome john henny to the show uh, john has decades of experience helping thousands of voice users around the world become more effective communicators he is featured he's a featured lecturer at top voice conferences and institutions including ivtom Osborne Head and Neck Institute, VIP Worldwide Voice Conference, the Paul McCartney Liverpool Institute and USC. John coaches professional voice users at corporate businesses, the US military, sports announcers and voiceover artists. His cutting edge methods help eliminate strain and bring out the best of best sounding compelling voice. Uh, he's an author of three Amazon bestseller books, hosts a popular podcast called The Intelligent Vocalist with over 50,000 downloads and has 130 subscribers with 14 million views on YouTube. He is a seasoned online course creator with an extensive library of training courses for singers, speakers and voice teachers. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. That's brilliant. Tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself there and... Uh, yeah, and then we can delve into this thing about voice. Yeah, well, I took a, a very odd route to becoming a voice teacher. Um, when I was young, I grew up in a very musical family. Both my parents were from Glasgow, Scotland, so I was constantly uh -huh. surrounded by music. Yeah, and my dad was a big, booming Glaswegian with this wonderful natural voice. And um, when I would attempt this thing, I would hear from the other room, that's bloody terrible. So I, uh, <laughs> in his Scottish way. So I decided, you know what? I, I'll play drums. And I, I played drums throughout my teens and in my late teens started uh, making a living uh, as a drummer. And on a lark, I had a friend who said, hey, I'm studying with this guy and he studies with Stevie Wonder's voice teacher. And I thought, that's good enough wow. for me. Let me. Let me see if I can finally learned to sing and this person broke the voice down for me and just showed me the mechanics and how to make it work and then I ended up studying with uh, Stevie Wonder's teacher um, a gentleman named Seth Riggs who was teaching all the celebrities at the time he's a pretty legendary vocal coach and I began teaching um, other singers. I went, well, this works for me. Let me see if I can show others. And then I also started teaching other voice coaches, uh, which is something I do quite a bit. And I will tour and do master classes. And um, yeah, now I've, I was primarily in the Los Angeles area. 
And once COVID hit, I thought, you know, let me let me try and make a move since everything was going online. So I moved further south and lived by the beach in a little town called San Clemente, which was made famous as Richard Nixon's uh, residence uh, when he was in the White House and after. Right. And uh, I've got five English bulldogs, and that's where I am today. Brilliant. That sounds a really fascinating uh, way to get into these kind of things. It's, it's always strikes me with um, uh, a lot of people how in lots of roles we, we end up as accidental something or others. And uh, a lot of my project management colleagues have ended up as accidental project managers and uh, accidental managers because you kind of get there. And this one is kind of kind of quite a circular route. So was, was your goal to be a singer then? When you first started, was that what you wanted to be when you were a kid? What did you want to do? You know, when I was a kid, my my earliest musical memory was my dad had a, I mean, this is how long ago, a reel-to-reel tape recorder. I don't know why he had this. And he had the Beatles' help on this. Hmm. And it was the, the UK release, not the US. Um, so it had more of the movie score in it. But I just remember hearing Paul McCartney's voice on the night before. I was I was maybe four years old, and I was absolutely transfixed. And so the voice just really captured something for me. And even when I was playing drums, this, this wish of wanting to sing never really left me. Um, and I think it, it is for a lot of people. I think a lot of us secretly desire to sing. And it's it's yeah. something that's actually very primal. When they look at language and and they try and figure out what came first? Did we sing first? Did we talk first? There's this idea that that our first communications were this kind of musical language that was primarily expressing emotion. And then we later learned to have actual speech and we could get a little bit deeper into concepts and conversation. But this this musical, emotional core still exists within all of us. And I think when you rediscover that and reconnect to that, and not that you have to be a singer, but if you bring this back into your voice, you're going to be a more effective communicator. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's about bringing... Uh, uh, I suppose with singing, it's, it's never monotone, is it? You never get that. Oh, maybe some people do, but you, that the point of the singing isn't to have a monotone. There is it. It's to have that, that that light and that shade within it, and that's where. And I notice when I've watched um, speakers who transfer transfix me, uh, and one one of the guys who I, I I love absolutely love just listening to him talk is a guy called Brian Blessed. I'm sh- not sure if you heard. It. He played. Um, uh oh the 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 Vulcan in uh, in um not the Vulcan the um oh I can't remember the character's name there he was in Flash Gordon anyway um he, in in the uh, this the version of the film uh, in the 80s oh yeah and it was Sam Neill yeah with the yeah with the you know the big the guy with the big beard who played the yeah, one with the yeah, wings yeah, yeah. Yep. so he he hit Brian he's British actor and he is booming voice one of that huge booming voice he was in loads of things and i heard him on uh a a podcast called the infinite monkey cage and he as he's this loud just voice all the time deep resonant voice and you just that's what you know him as 
And they were talking about space, passionate about space and about space travel and climbing the mountains and all manner of things. And on this one, they were talking about the moon. And the end of it, they had him read Kennedy's speech about going to the moon. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think, well, that's not going to work. It's a big booming voice, big shouting. But he, it completely was the opposite in the way that he read it. And he was, his Shakespearean accent obviously got that control but just it knowing his voice and knowing the the power that was there in the background that he wasn't using seemed to make it even more impactful than if he used his big booming voice and that he rose and 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 fell with it and i just it sent tingles down my neck listening to it and i just found it amazing it's someone who could could, ian mckellen's another one of the british actors that you could just kind of just doesn't matter what they're saying, what they're reading. You actually, the way they read it, you just become transfixed by it. Absolutely, and you bring a really important point where you talk about these different shades and these contrasts, and that's what I found with great singers. Because popular music today, there, there's lots of repetition. We'll have verses. We'll go to the chorus. It's the same lyrics often on the chorus. And singers, as well as musicians and producers, know that they need to introduce new elements every time that is heard uh, so that it doesn't become rote and too predictable. And these contrasts, these, these musical devices are so incredibly effective, not just in singing, but also in speaking. And you'll hear great singers, they'll, they'll build up to a point, they'll start to use volume, they'll start to increase the tempo, and then... They'll pull back. They'll change the tone of the voice. And it's these expectations. It's said that that great music is a wonderful combination of the familiar and the unfamiliar. Because if everything's too unfamiliar, you could joke it sounds like jazz. I love jazz. But it's it becomes a bit overwhelming. And, and in speech, if there's too much contrast, you can sound a little unhinged. But if a speaker falls into predictable patterns... We tune out almost immediately. Um, it's like listening to three blind mice over and over. Yeah. So learning to bring these contrasts and these different shadings into your voice is highly effective. That's brilliant. So I just something I didn't say before when you were saying about a drummer, you being a drummer and wanting to be a singer. I from uh, my um, my my wife was a drummer. She, now plays piano she wanted to be a singer my one of my mates is a drummer he always wanted just about every drummer i know wants to be a front man so they, they i think it's i think it's a common trait in it <laughs> quite possibly <laughs> you always get a drummer coming up at some point singing a song with an acoustic guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah people like yeah just like people like dave Grohl. he couldn't stay there and things like that. he had to come to the front <laughs> yeah the food fighters. yeah 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 the, all the of them. them so you, obviously, you got into that, that that learning how to sing, kind of. How did that? How did that come to? Um, did did your did your career go from improving and and working with that the coach Steve Wonders coach was that to to teach you to sing? How did that kind of? How, when did you kind of get to the point where, like where we're talking, where maybe it, it, it public speakers and and. Um, uh, sort of business type people. How, how did that happen? How did that crossover happen? Again, that happened somewhat by accident. Um, I was sent one of my 
first clients was an attorney, a trial attorney, who was having some serious issues with his voice. And I was connected to a number of ear, nose, and throat doctors in the LA area, and they would send me clients um, that were having vocal trouble to work through technical issues. And this person came and he was having some real anxiety with his voice. He was struggling to have people hear him. He was losing his voice quite often. His voice felt increasingly, increasingly weak. And it was not only impacting his career, but also his personal life. He felt even in social situations, he was becoming more withdrawn. And so I began to take these singing exercises that I knew worked for singers and just, just modify them, essentially simplify them to work for the speaking range. And it didn't take that long to get some pretty dramatic results. And as a matter of fact, I remember um, on the last session, he wrote me a check for 10 times my rate uh, in order to thank me. And I went, maybe I need to work with more speakers. And um, he was able to go, uh, he'd had a, a party um, just that weekend and he was able to converse freely and people could hear him and he he was just ecstatic about the results that he got. And then I began to work with other people such as voiceover artists, actors, stage actors, so they could be better heard without being mic'd. Um, and I, I found it fascinating. I loved working with a group of people who really hadn't considered their voice before. And it was fun just watching them discover this instrument that they hadn't paid attention to and, and took for granted. That's fascinating. Just, just, just the thought that, that you've got. I never thought about it. It was something, it would have been a, um, a, a, root, a root of people who were struggling with their voice. Well, I was always thinking it was going to be someone who's like a, I want to be Tony Robbins. Can you come and talk to me, teach me how to speak like Tony Robbins kind of things? But it's kind of much more fundamental than that kind of thing that you got there. And then you mentioned the ear, nose, and throat scenario. Is that was that people who had illnesses and operations and things like that? That that kind of recuperation and things like that. Is that where that where that was where you were working with those people? Yeah, very often people who are extreme voice users, singers, um, they can have vocal injuries, they can have chronic vocal issues. The voice, if your vocal folds, your vocal cords, they're opening and closing hundreds of times a second. And in some very high singers, it's a thousand times a second or more. And if this is not done in a really efficient way, if you're overpressing these vocal cords, if they're coming together too hard, you can start to have tissue injuries and they can show up as polyps. Those are kind of like fluid filled blisters, or you can get nodules that are like calluses on your hands. If you've ever tried to learn to play guitar, your fingertips yeah. hurt at first and then they stop hurting because you develop calluses. That's the body's reaction to the irritation. Well, these calluses on your vocal cords are not good because they inhibit the vocal cords from closing fully so that you start to sound raspy and weak. So it was very often singers that were experiencing those issues, I would work with them to help improve their technique. Oh, right. I, I, 
was um this Shania Twain recently. She was uh, on some stuff in the UK and she'd had some vocal problems and her voice has, has actually changed quite a not massively, but it has changed over the years. Is that something that's common with singers who are performing a lot and, and things like that? That the vocal the vo- the voice does change. Yeah, well, the voice is going to change throughout your lifetime. And there is aging, and aging is going to show up on your voice as it does the rest of the body. The voice can start to lose strength. Um, mm-hmm. You can actually experience bowing as the as the vocal folds get weaker. There's a loss of elasticity. There are different medical issues that can show up in the voice. I myself, I will share... Um, I had made a huge life change. I had gotten pretty overweight and made a radical change in my diet and lost a massive amount of weight in a short period of time, which was great for my health, but it affected my voice in a rather adverse way. In retrospect, I probably lost the weight a little too quickly. And I started to experience vocal weakness. And then I then started to experience these little spasms in my voice and these tremors. And so I finally went to a speech language pathologist and discovered that I had benign essential vocal tremor, which is a misfiring of the nerve impulses to the muscles of the voice. And you can get this quavering in the voice. And I then underwent extensive therapy with my voice. And I'll tell you, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me because it really... Even all the work I'd done in the voice, I'd never done anything this painstaking. And Mm -hmm. just the exercises and the depth of work that I had to do, I really tried to take the stoic approach of this was a test from the vocal gods. And so I was to learn from this because my first impulse was to just cry, right? I like, this is the last thing I need as a voice coach. But we all experience challenges and singers, we all will age differently. Even parts of our body will age differently. Some parts may be a little faster than others. And we also have a genetic component where some voices can withstand a little more stress or even abuse than other voices. So it's really important to be in touch with your voice And always be monitoring your vocal health and just be aware of your voice. And if you feel that something is not right, to seek out a medical professional. I don't know. No, it's something I don't never really thought about. You you see, as I say, you see people in in the public eye who've who've lost their voice from singing, and you've seen I've seen a few instances of, of of people like that. And you never think about it as being just something that can happen to in quotes a normal person uh and it's it kind of it opens your eyes up to that a little bit and again it's kind of yeah when you're with you taking that on um as you say it's kind of you're you're going to teach people to 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 self-rehabilitate because i'm guessing a lot of that activity is something it's self-driven it is kind of right you, you do do what you're teaching and see how you get on kind of get someone said to you haven't they really yeah yeah and in depending on what you do for work you may be using your voice far more than you realize i mean yeah. if you're sitting coding all day yeah you're you're not an extreme voice user but 
a school teacher, the average school teacher, their vocal cords are opening and closing upwards of a million times a day. Wow. So if you're not properly rested, if you're not generally healthy, if you're not eating a healthy diet, if you're not well hydrated, these million events can be more stressful than they need be. And the wear and tear on your voice is going to be more than necessary. Again, then that, again, that shocks me. And I never think about it. And I think in my role and in, in people who do a similar role, we spend a lot of time in meetings. Yeah. We spend a lot of time, not necessarily leading all those meetings, but that's certainly contributing as the, as the, the project manager. Um, and I wonder how much damage or how much we speak in that scenario. There will be a lot of email as well, obviously. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it does make you think there is that thing where would that damage happen? Could that damage happen? And it's something I wouldn't even think about my career doing it. And then yeah, I'd another, another extra hour a week doing a podcast interview with someone. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I want people to be overly worried about. Mm. It's, it's, you're not necessarily going to get these nodules or these polyps or other vocal issues. It certainly doesn't happen overnight. But what you may be experience, experiencing is vocal fatigue. Your voice just feels mm. tired. You may have excessive throat clearing. Your voice starts to lose energy. And when your voice loses energy, you're less impactful as a speaker. When you're communicating, there is an objective behind this communication. You're trying to achieve something. You're usually not talking, certainly in a work environment, you're not talking for talking's sake. And if you're not using your voice to the best of its ability, you're possibly not being heard. Your communications aren't being received in the way that you intend. And the voice, as they've done the research, when we look back and we think, okay, possibly our very first utterings was this musical, emotional language. The voice is still the primary communicator of emotion and emotional intent. They did a study out of Yale where they took over, I think it was 1,700 participants. And the idea was as these participants talked to each other, they were to see if they could understand what the other person was feeling emotionally. And they tried it with both seeing and hearing the person. Then they, just seeing the person, they removed sound to see if body language and what it could impart. And then it was voice only. They either turned out the lights or put some type of obstruction between them. Yes. And it was when it was voice only that the understanding accuracy went up. The voice is such a primary communicator. And most decisions are emotional decisions. We'll go back and employ rationality to justify a decision. But, you know, those quick decisions, those are emotional decisions. And if you're connecting with people on that emotional level, you're going to be able to get things done more efficiently. Yeah, that makes sense. It kind of that it's all about that, that selling of a lot of the time I think is um, and people don't like the thought of being a salesman in, in 
in the office, but actually you're a salesman all the way through your life, in my view. You're influencing people, whether it's to to get your friends to come and do something, um, find a partner, get get a job, persuade your boss to give you a pay rise, persuade someone else to help you with the project. All those things, all of that is is a a sales pitch. Or, uh, but there's it's gentler than the the car salesman, uh, the the uh, stereotypical car salesman kind of pitch. But we. As you said that when you influence people, and it's all about influencing, and that's what communication is for. Your communication to influence in one way or the other. Sometimes it might be to influence them to do something you want, or it might be to influence them to support someone and, and make them feel better. But it's about influence and it's about connecting, isn't it? And that connection of that the thing in our our voices is that it, it expresses emotion without us thinking about expressing the emotion and that's where it's like that mirroring where people um in body language where you um uh unconsciously mirror someone's body language because you are connected with connecting with them it's like kind of same with the voice isn't it you get that same sort of if someone's you you pick up on those signals without knowing you're picking up on them absolutely i mean we are all amazingly good judges of actors. I don't have to know how to act or be very sophisticated in the art of filmmaking to be able to spot poor acting because we yeah. are we are social beings and we are wired to pick up emotions from other people. It, it's critical to our survival going back to our earliest days to know if somebody can be trusted, to know if somebody means us good or ill and it continues today people are always listening on a deeper level even if they don't realize they are and i think yes sales that that term salesperson can get a a bad reputation because that can often be insincere and pushy but when you are sincere when you have honest emotional intentions when you are truly being collaborative and helpful for people, they will perceive those honest emotions in the voice. And then when you just work the voice a little bit to just have some musicality to it so that it's not this this dull voice that's just doing rote patterns or even worse, people will just speak at too low of a pitch and then it's just very hard to hear them. And you're like straining, wait, what? It's the worst in a, in a busy restaurant. And you have somebody that just kind of talks like this. And you find yourself kind of nodding and smiling to everything they say. You have no idea what you're agreeing with because you can't hear them. Because the voice needs this full spectrum of frequencies um, that that we produce. And that really starts coming into this realm of, of resonance, um, which is incredibly important, which which gives your voice its color, its tone, and your unique uh, vocal fingerprint. That's it. It's interesting that because I have uh, I have a slight hearing problem, um, just uh, at high register. Mm-hmm. I can't hear those very well, and I do find I I struggle with TVs and stuff with that. I end up having them really loud because of the speakers in the back it's all been explained to me where what the problem is i need to spend a few hundred 
Donna's on a decent sound bar or a decent TV. One of the thing, one of the two. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's not to the point where it causes me major issues. But I do notice that I, I struggle. Um, I kind of struggle with 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 some voices to be able to tune into them. Um, and it tends to be actually it's interesting. It's that those lower resolution resonance ones that I can hear. But I imagine it's what it is. Is I'm not picking up on it any high registers that they've got in there. So it's, it's, it's limiting the, the, the ability that I've got. If someone's got only a small amount of that musicality in there, um, then I probably struggle a bit more to hear it. Yeah. Usually in those situations, the ear in order to find the person's voice above all the ambient noise hmm. relies on these higher frequencies. Yeah. And so in your situation, it's a little more difficult for you because you have uh, limited hearing in that range. And then if somebody is not filling out the rest of their voice, you know, your, your voice is actually creating many pitches at the same time. And yeah. we hear these lower pitches as the pitch itself. And then the rest of the pitches is the, the color. And when you are not utilizing that in your voice, you are harder to hear. The more information, the, the fuller spectrum that you send out into the room, the more energy your voice is going to have, the easier you are to hear. And you don't have to work as hard. It's not a product of your vocal cords using muscle to try and create stronger sound waves. It really is the vocal tract, your throat and mouth tuning these sound waves to an optimal state so that they're really resonant and vibrant. So if I wanted to improve, and, and, that, and I suppose that's the thing is, if we are sitting there and thinking as a, as a project manager, as a, as a manager, as an employee, and, and you f if we find it difficult to be heard in a meeting, if we find it difficult to get into the conversation when there's a, some of that's going to be, you've got the loud, gobby ones that won't shut up but sometimes <laughs> to break to i'll hold my hand up there um but so, sometimes it's it's a case of being it isn't so much that it's just that projection that that for people not for any negative reason just don't notice what you're saying or don't tune into it and hear it what what would you say and giving it giving away all the tips and tricks and that unless you have some tips on your website anyway but what would you say if you as project manager what would a couple of things that you would say think about doing this the first one and the most common is finding your optimal speaking pitch another great sponsor of the show he comes in the form of air manual um air manual is a well, it's a tool for documenting process, which um, and best practices. Um, uh, it's run. It's, it's a company formed by guy, one of my uh, interviewees, uh, Alexis Kingsbury. Um, essentially, uh, and, I, and I kind of summarised why my view of where we see documentation a lot. Of my experience has been people will document something, a process. They'll put it in a, a visio diagram that gets loaded onto a SharePoint site or something similar. And then a bunch of pro that. So then, once that, that diagram has been shared with senior management, they're happy. They have a process in the business. But then the, the detailed procedures underneath it might be in Word documents, in uh, 
that's just poorly kept and not linked easily and not updated. And what Air Manual does, it allows you to put in a, it's a tool for doing this kind of thing. You whack it in, uh, the service in there, get in there, put in your process, your flow, and you build it down to as low a level of detail, even to the point of checklists where people can check off they've done it. So it creates that um, uh, guided checklists, um, easy to create, easy to maintain, and all in one place. And no one's kind of rooting around to find the SharePoint, and then when you change to new SharePoint services and all that stuff, it, it's all there. So if you pop along to nigelpreaser.com slash airmanual, um, there's a bit more detail there and a link there to click on to uh, go and get, I think uh, they offer a trial and things like that. So uh, uh, it, uh, it, it's something that I think uh, can easily um, reduce the amount of errors, rework, etc. within our organisation. So um, yeah, take a look. Well, I hope you enjoyed part one of that. So come back next week and have a listen to the second part. See you soon. So this is my final wrap up. Every week you're going to hear this. You're going to get bored of it, but you can always click next podcast if so. Um, if you have enjoyed it, if you listen to this podcast to the end of this podcast, uh, show and you think that was great i'd love to be able to help nigel out um there are loads of ways you can do it um the, the first and, and obvious way is to um share the podcast send it out to people um if you if you know colleagues and friends who'd benefit from it you think they'd enjoy it just send them the link grab one of the links send, or send them to www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts that's www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts and that will push them over to a um a link tree link and it's got all of the different ways they can consume the the podcast uh if you are feeling generous and have a big bag of cash you could grab a copy of one of my books obviously um uh, they're available in all the usual places and print and, and, and digital. Again, jump on the website, uh, www.nigelcreaser.com slash shop. And that will give you a list of all the different ways that you can contribute um, and, and grab copies of the book. Also got um, links to all my guests' books on there as well, where I get a little bit of a kickback from them. Um, if you are of a sporting mind, um, I have a number through doing some of my uh, judo and, and running uh, antics. Uh, I've managed to secure a few um, uh, affiliate links and affiliates uh, there as well. So in there, somewhere in the sponsors page, there's links to those as well. So clicking onto those and grabbing uh, your if you're with it if you're looking to uh, get super fit, then that would be fabulous as well. And I get a little kickback from those. Uh, I have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash sundaylunchpm. Uh, so again, you can ping something in there, buy me a coffee or whatever. And finally, obviously the most important is coming back. Coming back, listen again. Um, because uh, the more of you that come back, uh, the more uh, visibility I get because there's more times that it's downloaded and all the SEO works and things like that. So yeah, that's it. So uh, if you can help me out, 
I would be much appreciated. If you can't, don't worry about it. Thank you very much. Cheers now. Bye. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. But you're thinking, ooh, I wonder what the next bit's going to be. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Um, you heard at the beginning of the show where I said uh, there's a way around that. So if you're really itching and you want to hear the next bit of uh, this show, uh, jump down to Patreon, have a look, find the one that's got a little lock on it, click on it, and you'll be able to get the second half uh, along with the first half all together. And you you won't get this annoying bit or the annoying bit at the beginning that I just uh, done as well. Um, so, yeah, give it a go. It's only a price of a coffee. Cheers. Uh, my latest, uh, the, the, the latest uh, affiliate that I've got on the show now is Riverside. Um, I use Riverside to do my interviews, Riverside FM. Um, <clears throat> it kind of offers you a whole, if you like, micro studio management producer tool and, and, and goes beyond that. has a really good free layer <clears throat> and I, um, I've been using it for a while now. I find it really good when I've had issues, even though I'm not on one of the higher paid levels, the support has been quick, responsive and, and, and of high quality and, and people keen to help me. Uh, the organisation seems really good, the product seems really intuitive. Um, and uh, quality is really good as well. And they, it's, it's a clever way of doing it is when you're, you're recording through your browsers, so you've not got loads of desktop resources being used compared to some other products that I've used. Um, and what they also do is they do a, um, they stream a, a lower quality version of it up onto uh, as you're doing the interview, so you're not burning bandwidth while you're doing the interview and potentially uh, impacting on the quality of the conversation. Uh, and then at the end, it uploads it, uh, the, the higher quality from your browser. Um, I mean, it, it's just a really good way of doing it. So um, if you are um, thinking of doing a podcast and you're supposed to do a podcast, I, I would recommend using this tool. I find it really good. Best, best of the tools that I've tried using um, today. And you can get that at nigelcreaser.com slash riverside, and that will redirect you to uh, my kickback page uh, on their site, and there I will get a little kickback uh, from them. So um, take a look. Thanks. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday Lunch PM. Goodbye. <laughs>